Hey everybody, welcome back. What's up, happy weekend. It is time for some cover B. Yep, we've got kind of an interesting episode this week. Um, we wanted to do, we realized we never really did, we have never really done, I guess I should say, an episode where we kind of just give you guys a rundown on who we are as people. A meet the cover B special. Yeah, so it's going to be a quick episode and basically just us talking about ourselves for like 10, 15 minutes. Um, but We're we not just, conceited. We just wanted to give you guys an idea of who we are, where we come from, what our connection to comic books is, um, you know, how we got into this culture and into this life uh, and just give you kind of an idea of who we are. Yeah, so, I think it'll be fun. We have no plans on how this is going to work, so we're just going to talk, and we'll see what happens. <laughs> He's going to talk first, though, because then I can improve on his formula. Yeah, true. Uh, so for me, I, I've i mentioned this a few times on various episodes, but I you know, got into comics when I was a kid back in the 90s. Um, my brother and I would get comic books when... We'd go to, there was like a, I feel like there was a store in town where we'd go that had comic books and also like trading cards and stuff. Um, and I want to say it was like a craft store, like a mom and pop kind of craft store that we would go to from time to time. Um, and, you know, my dad would, got, would get comics. My brother would get comics. I'd get comics. Um, I was very young, so it was a lot of like Sonic comics and stuff. Um and my brother would get like the X-Men stuff, but it was it was mainly like Marvel. Like we never really got into DC just because we were following suit with my dad and he was more into Marvel. You know what I mean? Understandable. Um, We also got into like the collectible cards, like the trading cards that Marvel did all throughout the 90s. And I've got like two binders full of those as well as like a tub full of those and like complete runs and complete sets. And they're fun to go through from time to time. I love just like flipping through the pages and seeing like all the old 90s art from those. Um, when I, we eventually moved, this was back when we were in Indiana. We eventually moved from Indiana to Georgia. Um, and as a, you know, as I got older, I kind of fell out of comics just because eventually it got to a point where I would have to buy them for myself. Um, and also in it, you know, when we moved to Atlanta, we didn't really know anywhere that had comics. Like we, it just kind of like fell out of the like you know yeah um but i still kept up with like shows and stuff like that like the animated shows and things um and then i eventually got back into comics in college when i had an opportunity to really like dive back into it um signed up for marvel unlimited once that became a thing um and then eventually i was working as a uh, property manager for uh, rental apartments uh, and it sucked and <laughs> I hated it so in a desperate bid to quit my job at one point I went by my local comic shop and was just like are you guys hiring <laughs> <laughs> and they were like yeah hell yeah and I was like oh cool uh, so I quit my job and started working there and eventually worked my way up to manager and that's kind of what I do now as I manage a comic shop I also try to keep up with writing. I have an active blog. Um, I write, you know, short fiction. I'm working on a book. Uh, I haven't touched the book in way too long because stuff's been crazy. Uh, and I've done a handful of, like, short films with some guys, uh, the same guys that we do uh, Tink Tink games with. Uh, we've done a few, like, 48-hour film challenges and stuff. 
Um, so I've done some screenplay writing and stuff like that. But uh, for the most part, for me, like comics are just a really cool media that I don't think uh, really even still today gets the attention that it deserves the respect even too. with the movies and everything i yeah. feel like so many people who are there's a, you know because there's a whole subset of fans who are fans of the movies or are fans of the shows you know what i mean right. like there are plenty of Arrowverse fans who have never touched a comic book right and while the movies and shows do bring in people uh, you know, like in the shop, we'll hear all the time, like, hey, do you have this? Like right around the time that that movie came out, right. you know what I mean? Um, I think it's still because the movies and shows in and of themselves are so expansive. Uh, it's easy to just be a fan of those things. And I think a lot of people still kind of just see comic books as like, you know, like they'd be a fan of the Marvel Universe, Marvel Cinematic Universe. And they'd be like, you know, this is based on comics. But it's really cool when they talk about it to their friends or their family or anything like that. Um, so I think comics are still kind of put aside. And a lot of people don't know the like extensive world of like sci-fi books and horror books and indie books. And fantasy. Um, yeah. And just all these worlds and stories that are being told. Um, you know, just with beautiful art and beautiful ideas and stuff that you can't fully do in just a literary medium you know what i mean i and i think that's the cool thing like i think that's probably my favorite thing like i said about comics it's an interesting medium um because it it's able to do things that you can't do in a strictly visual medium but it's also able to do things that you can't do in a strictly like novelized medium you know what i mean right. like if you have just words or just pictures some of the things that comics are able to achieve you couldn't do, you know? And that's right. why there's so many times you'll hear a TV or a movie announcement for a book. Um, and people will be like, there's no way, there's no way they're going to do that, <laughs> you know? Yeah. And it's because it's, it's such a complex medium. Um, and really, I think that's my goal with doing cover B and being in the comic industry and being kind of a proponent of comic books is just, trying to push more people to this medium to give it the respect it deserves. And it definitely, you know, has more respect nowadays than it did in like the seventies when it was right. like, or the nineties when it was like literally just for kids. Um, or that's what people, you know, everyone and their mama believed that it was just for kids. And there were like grotesque horror books and stuff like that coming out, but still everybody was like, Oh, that's kid stuff, you know? Um, <laughs> Which is crazy because, you know, comics really spanned from pulp art from like the 1940s and 50s, um, which was all about like half naked or mostly naked women being saved by like brutish men. Or the other yeah. side of it where Wonder Woman came from and she was an S&M yeah, figure. Like BDSM <laughs> art. Um, so, yeah, I, I think, you know, that's my main goal in doing this in my history coming up through my history of comics and you know video games and nerd culture and all that i really just want to make sure that comic books survive as a medium um which is a tense thing right now but i think you know we'll see everything coming back to normalcy soon you're also selling yourself a little bit short to be honest because he's also our resident nerd encyclopedia 
Um, <laughs> you know, if we go watch a movie in the theaters of, you know, DCU or, or MCU or anything like that, our friends have to sit next to him, the ones that don't read comics, because something will come on screen and Chris will be like, oh, and they'll be like, who's that? And then Chris will have to quietly in the theater give this like two minute spiel of who this person is, why they matter, why they're important to this circumstance. And he does that all the time. He's able to just sort of like, I guess because of your background and the fact that your family all, you know, read comics together and things like that, you just you know so much about these universes that when things come up, you're like, oh, yeah, here, let me tell you about this person. And I I tend to be the type of person, too, where if something comes up in my life and I don't know it, I go and figure it out. You know what I mean? Like, I've always been the guy who, like, hears about something, like something mundane, like an engineering term or something. And then, like, I'm on Wikipedia reading the article trying to figure it out. Right. Or, like, a historical person or something. And it's not that I retain all of that, but, um, you know, the... I didn't obviously do that when I was a kid, but when I got back into comics in college, you know, for anyone who has tried to get into Marvel or DC comics um, and didn't haven't been reading since like the 40s, you know, something would happen or a character would be introduced or an event would be referenced or a power set that I didn't know existed would be utilized. And then I'd pop on the Wikipedia page and I'd learn like, that person's origin and where they came from and stuff. So I did a lot of that in college. Um, I didn't really get into DC books until really I started working at the comic book shop. Even back in college, I was mainly just like picking up what Marvel books I could, checking out a few indie books, um, you know, picking up trades and stuff like that. Um, so, you know, it, it, DC's still new to me and there's a lot of gaps there. But yeah, you're right. It's, it's, we'll go to see like a nerd movie, um, <laughs> video game based or comic book based or anything, like a remake of an old one. And I'll have like a, have to have like a Socrates forum <laughs> out in the parking lot where I'm like sitting on a wall being like, ah, oh, yes, <laughs> that was Whiplash. <laughs> Um, all my friends are just sitting on the sidewalk like, wow. <laughs> so yeah, it, it, it do be like that, but it does. Um, I, you know, I don't know everything and there's a lot of stuff that like, I want to be better at. Like I envy the people that can just like pull like artist names out of their hats. Um, or like reference specific issues, yeah, like specific stuff. writers and stuff. Cause I'm still trying to get to that point, but there's, you know, people that could be like, oh yeah, Jim Starlin, if you like this, you could get this or like oh yeah you know busima if you like this you could get this and like i just i want to get to that point and i've got like a handful of different things for different artists but it's just like i've known people that you could just like give them an artist and they would tell you like everything since the 1970s that they that they did and it's like that's impressive knowledge and i really want to get to that point but um you know it's there's a lot to learn in comics oh absolutely um so it's it's a lot to work with. <laughs> so. Fair enough. Oh, I guess it's my turn then. Yep. Okay. Well, so I guess we should start. We'll start back in my childhood. Um, no. So in my house, my mom was the breadwinner. 
and I was very much a daddy's girl, and he was a stay-at-home dad, very much a Mr. Mom type yeah. of, of that type of era. And so I, you know, was super a tomboy. I was, you know, kind of awkward. I was never very athletic. I played softball pretty well, but mostly just throwing things really fast. <laughs> um so I, you know, I, I had a very limited scope of the things that I do because typically the girls that weren't much into sports were more into the girly side of things, but my dad could barely braid my hair. So it's not like that really was going to work out very well. So instead, he and I ended up bonding a lot over nerdy type stuff. And we didn't really have access to comics. And my dad grew up relatively on the poor side, to be quite honest. So I don't think he had access to a lot of comics. Um, but we loved, loved watching the shows and watching the movies and you know a new lord of the rings would come out and dad would take me to that or like i got to see the blade movies in theater because my dad was like i want you to see this i was like six or seven and dad's like you're gonna see blade in theaters and i'm like in the audience like yeah cut his head off (laughs) so um and like we watched all the spider-man movies together and and that was always like a big deal and I remember um, one of the things that has always stuck with me is that he and I would always watch the Spider-Man animated series together. And I found myself relating to the Spider-Man animated series more than any other cartoon that was on TV. Later, it became Sailor Moon. But... With with Spider Man, the thing is, is that I know this sounds weird, but that tells such a story right? of your your like rise into adolescence. I know, of like yeah, you know, I used to relate to the Spider Man animated series. Later, it became Sailor Moon. It's true, and the reason is, is because you know, I feel like '90s cartoons often perpetuated certain stereotypes and certain. Um, class structures and like click structures like if you think about like the show recess it was trying to be like look at all these different types of people hanging out but realistically it wasn't it was it was still like this girl's this type of girl and this guy's this type of guy and it Mm. just kind of perpetuated those things and the reason i was so drawn to the spider-man animated series was because black cat was this powerful, strong, in charge of her sexuality woman. And she, you know, was sometimes good and sometimes bad and it didn't matter. And she did her own thing. And she went after Spider-Man and she she reminded me of my mom. Mm-hmm. And so I just, I idolized her and I idolized that show. And I knew every episode and I was so drawn into it. And... To this day, Black Cat's still one of my favorite characters, and that's why I'm so critical of the Jed McKay series. (laughs) Um, And that formatted me. And I was also, you know, at the time, as a kid, I was very quiet. I was an only child. I didn't have a lot of friends. We moved around a lot. You know, I was bullied because I didn't speak up for myself very often. Mm. And I was very much a nerd. I loved to get good grades. And so this entry into nerd culture was so big for me. And having this woman that this like superhero effectively that, you know, didn't fit the status quo, wasn't your Wonder Woman in the short skirt. She wore like leather cat suits and like, Mm. you know, did all the same stuff Spider-Man did, but better. And like, I just I idolized that and that stuck with me 
all the way growing up. It, it became such an important thing to me. Like we'd go to watch the Spider-Man movies and I'm like, this is going to be the one where they introduce Black Cat. Yeah. This is going to be the one. It never was. Fun fact. <laughs> they still have not. And maybe, now they've canceled the Black Cat Sable someday movie. in the Spunk. <sighs> maybe the Spunk will save you. Fun fact. The Spunk has canceled the Black Cat Silver Sable movie. No, and I is know. claiming it's going to be a show. No, the Black Cat <sighs> Silver Sable thing got canceled way before Spunk came a thing. <sighs> if you guys don't know what we're referencing, so Sony just came out and uh, said that... The official title of their, like, Spider-Man cinematic universe. It's still called Spider-Verse. Yeah, you might be saying the Spider-Verse, right? No, no, no. That's Sony Sony wants you to understand that it's more than just Spider-Man, right? Um, so it's the Sony Pictures universe of Marvel characters. Because they really wanted to make sure they get that Marvel in there. <laughs> and they really wanted you to be aware that it's not just Spider-Man characters, even though it is. It is. Um, That's all they own. So it's officially the SPUMC, Spunk. which if you say it like that, SPUMC, it has a very nice cadence to it. Who says that? So some marketer was right on the ball. But here's the thing. Who says that? When you spell it in a way that can be said like a word... It will be said like the word. <laughs> it's this bump. Nobody says G-I-F. They say GIF or GIF because it's able to be said like a word. Yep. And if you spell your cinematic union, nobody can say MCU as a word. Nobody goes, oh, the MCU. You know what I mean? Because no. it's weird. You it's can't say that word. as a word. The, DC, the vowel is not in the middle. The DCEU doesn't get said like a word because it can't be. The because the vowels aren't in the middle. Which I just said and is awesome. And I'm going to be calling it that from the now DQ. on. The DQ. That's kind of great. It sounds like some like fancy British person going to Dairy Queen. Oh, yes. Let's get a dipped cone from the DQ. <laughs> or someone very prissy sneezing. Oh, excuse me. DQ. <laughs> Pardon me. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> That's probably how Prince sneezed, I imagine. Pour one like, out. Thank you. <laughs> Purple ring. Um, <laughs> I'm de- that, the energy drinks hitting me. We are digressing. Um, but yeah, it. So they're they're the spunk now. It's the spunk. Uh, and it's my official favorite word of all time. I'm it's gonna a get a shirt word. with it on it, and I'm gonna. It's my new fetch. I'm going to be like, that's so spunk. Stop trying to make spunk happen. <laughs> it's not going to happen. Uh, anyway. Yeah. Back into my diatribe of me. Um, Real quick, I wanted to say I like that it's um, as he takes a swig mid-sentence on air. Um, I like that it's Spider-Man that got you into uh, like really into the nerd culture. Because that's what I think is beautiful about Spider-Man. And I think that's why Spider-Man is one of the most, like, recognized superheroes in the world. Yeah. Um, And I, it's why I'm such a proponent for Miles, because he's this type of character for a new age. But Spider-Man and most of the Spider-Man, like, good people. So no matter who you're looking at, especially if you look at, like, modern Jameson, you know, yeah. who is, like... an older dude who was set in his ways who eventually like became close to somebody that he originally like talked down about yep and is now in love with that person and is now has flipped his opinion entirely yep and if that's not a great metaphor for anyone who's ever been 
some sort of bigot and then had the thing they were bigoted against forced into their lives and had to change their tune. Yep. I don't know what is. Yep. Um, and you look at Aunt May, you look at Felicia, you look at uh, Mary Jane, you look at uh, Flash, you Harry. look at yeah Harry, um, like all these characters have so many different like they're all from different backgrounds. They all have different stuff going they're so on. Nuanced. But they're so every man and relatable. Yep to a bunch of different people yep you know and i mean that was like the hope for spider-man when they created him was that he would be this everyman that's why it was like a nerd who got powers but still chose to hide it like it was so formulaic and how they laid out his origin to make him approachable and that's why we have a million spider-man movies you know <laughs> that's why we have constant you know debates over who played the best spider-man uh who played the best peter parker here it is. Here's 100% truth. Don't at me. Tobey Maguire, great Peter Parker, terrible Spider-Man. Yep. Andrew Garfield, terrible Peter Parker, great Spider-Man. Yep. Tom Holland, perfect. Yep. Don't change it. Yep. Um, Agreed. Don't at me. Don't care. <laughs> that's, that's the truth, and you can't fight it. I don't care if you're one of the Sam Raimi purists. Doesn't matter. That's just how it is. You need to get used to the truth. Um, but I, you know, it's really endearing to me that Spider-Man is that kind of like apex for you. you yeah, know what I mean? it absolutely is. And it's funny, too, because I actually recently read a story online of a dude who was working in a comic shop and a young black boy came in and he was like, who's your favorite superhero? And he goes, Spider-Man. He goes, oh, Peter Parker. And he goes, yeah. And he goes, mine's Miles Morales. And the kid goes, who's that? And he goes, oh, you don't know? And he's like, that's, that's, he's, he's also a Spider-Man. And he's like, oh. And he took the boy back to the Miles books. And the boy saw the cover of Miles with his mask off on the front. And he stopped. And his eyes got huge. And he goes, but wait, he's black. Mm -hmm. And he goes, yeah. And the boy's mouth fell open. He grabbed the book. He runs to the back of the store. And he goes, mom, mom, Spider-Man looks like me. Spider-Man looks Aww, like me. And I... Oh my God, I started Precious. bawling reading that story because it's true when you're able to see something that relates to <laughs> Are you to about you, to cry right maybe. now? Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> when you're able to see something that speaks to you in a way that's relatable and you understand, mm. it makes a difference. That's yep. why Black Cat mattered to me because it was my mom. It, it made so much sense. Like my mom was this, is still is this incredibly strong beautiful dynamic curvy mm -hmm. powerful breadwinning charismatic person so when i saw a superhero that looked like my mom it changed my life it yeah. absolutely changed everything yep. to me so as i grew up you know i stuck with nerd culture i fell into anime and manga i read a, i read manga so much I, you would find me in the aisles of a Walden books. <laughs> I was going to say, you were one of the sit on the floor type of manga <laughs> oh, heck readers, yeah. right? They tried to kick me out. You can't. I'll threaten to get a lawyer. And I <laughs> sat on that floor and I read those books. <laughs> I and was I, my lawyer. I, I would not leave. Like, I I knew too much. I, I, was, I was too high in the class. It was a problem. And so, like, that's always been a part of my life. And then in college, you know, I read some trade paperbacks. But I just, I never really had access to comic books mm -hmm. until Chris 
started working at the shop. And even, you know, the beginning, it took a while. Like, he worked there for six months or something before I finally was like, I think I want to pick up a comic. And Chris was like, great. And I I looked at the wall, and, I, and, and there's so many comics in this store. Like, their comic selection is insane. And when you first walk in, it's actively overwhelming. Mm-hmm. Like, I've watched people who like comics walk into that store, and their mouths just drop, and they go, wow. Because there's so much. Mm-hmm. And I looked on this wall and, you know, I saw the Spider-Mans. And I was like, well, I don't see a black cat book. Marvel. And <laughs> I, I didn't see something that really stood out to me. And then I saw this book that was this super powerful, you know, in charge of her sexuality, not wearing a ton of clothes, redheaded woman. And I immediately was like, I'm a redhead. <laughs> I'm powerful. I'm in charge of my sexuality. I'm in charge of my being. And I was like, who's this? And Chris was like, oh, that's Angela. She's a Thor character. And I was like, I want to read this. And that's what I read. I don't believe that's the conversation. I believe you were like, who's this? And I was like, oh, that's Angela. Fun fact, because I'm a super nerd. Angela was originally. (laughs) (laughs) And you're just like, I don't care. Buy it for me. I was like, Angela was originally a Spawn character, but recently. Why are you still talking? Ring me up. Dude, a legal thing. <laughs> so I I got Angela and I read it and I was and and it kind of blew my mind because it brought me back to reading manga. Mm-hmm. But there's so much more to comics yeah. than there is to manga sometimes because manga is usually you know there are there isn't coloration. Yeah. Most of the time in manga, it it's you know you get books and then. God knows how long you're going to have to wait for the next book to come out. And but comics, it's consistent and it's color and it's bright and it's vivid and it's impactful. And there's so much dynamicism to it. And, you know, of course, at the time, Angela was being co-written by Kieran Gillen and Marguerite Bennett. So it was like so much in my alley that my brain basically exploded. I it I was immediately sucked in. And now I read more comics on a weekly basis sometimes than chris it's true it's yeah i I'm i've been a little bit nitpicky addicted. lately on my comics yeah i'm absolutely addicted it it takes me back it's like a security blanket and an escape world and just like i feel proud when i can you know someone brings up when, when we're having one of chris's after movie forums and someone asks a question chris is like oh i might have to look that one up and i'm like i know that one because i read that one that's one of the books that, that never, i read that never happens that's slander it's not slander. i would like it to totally you can happens. i will call my lawyer <laughs> i still have one from childhood um but yeah it <laughs> it's true like every once in a while i get that one up and it's so awesome to feel like you know about these amazing, mm-hmm. fantastical worlds that other people are just starting to dip their toe into. And it's just so much fun to feel like you're helping people across the bridge. Yeah. Well, it's and, you know, for me, I I get a lot of crap from people because I don't watch a lot of TV. Like I do not. Mm-hmm. We do not watch a lot of TV. We don't. Um, we really don't. We don't have a lot and of time. And so people will be like, hey, have you seen this show? Have you seen this show? You'd really like it. And I have a lot of shows that I want to watch. Like, never got around to watching Breaking Bad. Want to see it. The Expanse, I've been told, was really, really good. Um, I've heard you know, the there's a lot of. Is good. Yeah, the laundromat. There's a lot of. Um, 
like Marvel and like DC shows that we never, we, I never finalized. I've read Runaways. I've never watched a show. We've never got, we never ended up getting caught up on the Arrowverse because we just fell out of it for so too close. long. Um, <laughs> it's like, yeah, we, we got like busy and stressed out for like a month and a half. And then it was like, if we go back, we're not going to know what's happening, you know? And by that time, like new seasons of every single one of those shows had hit Netflix. So now 28 so we were like, new episodes are yeah. on Lither. So we like, were like, oh, in addition no. to only being a few episodes <laughs> into like the last season we needed to watch, there's now new seasons of all of them. And we're just like, Bleh. and now they're still making. So there's new seasons, even and more new coming. Shows we haven't even started. We haven't even started so, Batwoman yet. Ugh. I don't watch a lot of TV. And, um, you know, for me, if I had the choice between TV or comics, I love good TV shows. Like I keep up with Westworld. We're about to finish Watchmen. We were watching it with a friend. We were watching the Watchmen <laughs> with a friend. Go figure. Um, we watched the Watchmen. That's who. Uh, and... <laughs> Then quarantine happened. Yep. And, you know, so we've got, we've literally got one episode left it's so and painful. we just don't want to not watch not it. watch it with her. Uh, but we don't have a good way of facilitating that. Um, and, you know, we keep up with Westworld. There's a show I'm really excited about coming out called Lovecraft County. Country. Country. Lovecraft Country. Um, <laughs> and it looks really good. Uh, if you haven't seen the trailer for it, check it out. Uh, it looks really, really cool. By Jordan Peele and J.J. Abrams. Yeah. Which would be really dope. That's going to be um, terrifying. <laughs> yeah. And then we we watched some like kind of trash TV shows. Like we watched uh, we watched like Mass Singer because it's exciting. And it's a break in the in the normal weekday exhaustion. Yeah, and we watched uh, the Lego Masters show, which was awesome. That was um, great if you haven't watched that. But yeah, so, you know, we watch some stuff, but for the most part, we don't watch a lot of TV. And part of that is because if I had my way, like in my opinion, sitting on a couch and staring at a screen and having a story kind of like fed to you, um, it just leaves me antsy a lot of the time. I end up feeling like I should be doing more. My hands feel like they're not being used. Right. And I feel like so most of the time when we do like sit and watch like a documentary, which we've been really doing a lot since we've been shut in. Um, we've been watching a lot of documentaries and documentary shows. It helps you be um, smart. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, when we're like watching something like that, I'm usually on the computer doing something else because I just get antsy. Um, but sitting down and like pumping through comics, not only does it give you something to be excited for like every month, like. The giddiness I feel when like one of my favorite books comes in yeah. is like unlike any other experience. Um, it's like when a new season of your favorite show starts, but it's like every month. It's like, oh, yes, I get to find out where that cliffhanger. Or if you read DC, um, sometimes twice a month. Or Marvel. <laughs> sometimes twice a month and a surprise $10 issue. Um, <sighs> but yeah, it's it's for me, it's like sitting you put on some music it's like calm you open the windows you light a candle you know what i mean <laughs> and it's just like calm and it's more zen yeah. but it's still like you're you're digging through these stories as opposed to having them fed to you you're you're going on an adventure through these different these different narratives it's the difference between having a really good fast food meal but then eating something that took time and effort and energy to prepare yeah. and then you yeah. eat it slowly and you savor it. Yeah. Um, 
so I don't know. I like that's where comics stand for me. And I know a lot of people have their qualms with comics. Like a lot of people, oh, I read them too fast, or oh, they, you know, only come out once a month. And you know, how am I supposed to remember? Reading a lot of stories can get really expensive. <clears throat> and um, you know, if that's the case then yeah you know stick to trade paperbacks but like even trade paperbacks you know if i finish off one trade then i've got to wait like three four months for the next trade um which is how i consumed wicked and the divine yeah so you know i understand the qualms and sure comics won't be for everybody but i definitely tell anybody that i talk to about comic books um you know because i'll meet friends of friends or just like random strangers and i'll be like yeah you know i manage a comic shop and I do a comic book podcast. Um, and, you know, it's always the same thing. Like, oh, comics, are they still big? You know, and then we go into a conversation about it. And I always recommend, like, you know, just give me a TV show or give me a movie that you like. And I will, you know, try to suggest a comic that will be like that. Yeah. And I highly recommend that you pick it up. Whether you pick up floppies or the trades, just pick it up and give it a shot. Right. You know, you don't have to be the type of person that's getting, like, 50 books every week you know what i mean like you don't have to be that kind of person that's all in all the time you can have one book that you keep up with you know it could even be a book like the doctor who series or the firefly series that's based off of something that you already like just a continuation of it yeah um and that's fine but i i feel like everybody everyone who's interested in stories or genres or you know, adventure or, you know, consuming media. Yes. Narrative in general needs to give comics a serious try. I agree. Um, because it's, it's some of the best stuff out there, you know, (laughs) and that's the reason all these like streaming services are buying up the rights to these things is because really good stories are being told under the radar of everything else that's happening. It's why there's going to be a Malarverse. Yeah. And it's interesting, too, because I hear a lot of comparisons between the novelty of comics and the novelties of records Mm -hmm. and, and, you know, record players and stuff like that. And I understand it. But honestly, you know, it it's maybe a little different because I, I love records. I have a record collection, but records don't inherently change the music. Mm-hmm. Whereas comics changes your consumption, yeah, because now it's more than a book, because there's this visual element, but it's more than a movie, because you can create the images and the personas and the voices in your head, mm-hmm. and so it's it's it does have that similar novelty, but it is inherently different, and I I genuinely hope everybody who cares about any of these types of nerd cultures consider trying comic books. Mm -hmm. I agree. Final thought for me is just, you know, I've said that everybody needs to get into comic books and I can expound on this in a later episode. Uh, But if you're getting into comic books to read them, good, do it. If you're getting into comic books to collect them, fine. They're fun to collect. It's fun to get like full runs and full series. If you're getting into comics to make money, don't. Stay out. (laughs) Don't be the type of person that thinks, oh, you know, I'm going to go to a garage sale. I'm going to buy up like $200 worth of like 
old comics and I'm going to take them to a comic book store and sell them for like a million dollars. There's a lot of media that, you know, perpetuates this idea that there's tons and tons of, you know, untapped money in comics. You know, you watch your like storage wars and they'll find a box that has like a rare book in it. And you watch like uh, Kevin Smith has his show where people bring in like, oh, I found a, an Amazing Fantasy 15 in my <laughs> uncle's storage locker. You no, know you didn't. I mean? And it's liar. It's, what you have to understand about those shows is that they're heavily edited. Yes. You know, and what you don't see is all the people that come into Kevin Smith's comic book shop with garbage and all the people that buy storage units and find like moldy 90s books in them. <laughs> and that's unfortunately the truth is that there's more comics out there that Way more. aren't worth money. You can make money off of comics, but I will tell you that will be your life. It is a slog. Um, you can't like I mean, there's stories you can find multiple websites online that track like hot books and stuff like he that but issues. that's honestly the problem is that there's so many resources out there for people who want to buy and flip comics that there's a lot of people out there trying to buy and flip comics and it's the guys mainly the guys who run those websites um who kind of dictate the value of those books now it's yep. become a real like speculative and again i'll expound on it but it the speculation market has become really like it's the speculators running the speculation now. Yeah. Like they get on their website, which is super popular. And they're like, this is going to be hot. And the reason they say that is because they went down to their local comic book store and put down an order for like 15 of them. And so they get on their website and they're like, this is going to be super hot. And then they dump them all on eBay and then the price tanks, but they made their money. So they're fine. Um, you know, there are stories of people like, you know, I paid for my first house with money I made off of comics and that might sound great to you, but what you need to understand is the amount of hours that person put into going to every con, haggling with people, digging through estate sales, it's digging much through more yard than sales. A nine to five. It is a full-time job, and more that's that. how you make money off of comics. There are people that get lucky, but I always tell people, like... Because, again, in the shop, that's a question that comes up a lot. Like, what's your most expensive book? Like, you know, if I wanted to get into this to start, like, flipping books, what do you suggest? And I always tell people, don't. Do not get into comics with no. the intent of being, like, a hobbyist flipper. Because. There's not really such a thing. It's going to be tough. You'll, you might be able to turn a little bit of a profit. But if you're getting into comics with the intent of like I'm going to pay my bills by flipping comics. Not a good idea. If you're getting in to be just kind of like a hobbyist flipper, fine, but set your expectations low. Yeah. Be like I want to buy things at 50% and sell them. It might take forever, um, but I'm going to do it and I might make some money, but fine. You know, and just go from there, but um Really, comics are meant to be read or collected. Yeah. And if you happen to get a profit out of that, you happen to buy the hot book that you can sell for like $50, fine. Um, but if you're just don't get into comics with the expectation that you're going to be able to like buy your next house with all the comics that you get. Yeah. Because I've seen a lot of good people, a lot of really good people spend like hundreds of dollars on bulk collections that just had nothing in there and there's just no point in it. And that's just wasted money. I've seen a lot of very sad people 
<laughs> who think they just hit the lottery because they found all these quote unquote old books. What you need to understand is old nowadays is 80s and 90s. That's not And that's not old in the grand scheme of comics. Not of comics. And no. so people will see old comics, buy them up, spend like $200 on a few long boxes and then find out that they've got comics that are barely worth like 25 cents a piece. I mean, there's certain books that are basically toilet paper. <clears throat> yeah. I think right now toilet paper is worth more than some of those. Yeah, books. no, yeah, you could probably sell toilet paper on a on eBay for more <laughs> more than a lot of 90s and 80s comic books. Um, so that's my last thing is just like definitely everybody should get into comic books, but you need to make sure you're getting into it for the right reasons. We need to stop treating this like it's oil, <laughs> you know, Agreed. or gold or diamonds Agreed. like it's it's comic books. And while it's fine that some of them do go up in price and people who have those books should be within their right to take advantage of that, whether they be, you know, a private just an individual or whether they be a store if they have a book that's worth a certain amount they are within their right to sell it for the value that it's at um but you just shouldn't get into it expecting to like pay your mortgage with comics my last quick quick thing is if you have not been in comics don't be afraid to go to your local yeah. comic store yeah um there are a lot of stereotypes around what being into a comic book store is like and the type of people that yeah. work there and how they're going to treat you. I mean, those stereotypes are perpetuated by the Big Bang Theory. It's and true. it's not true. Um, one of my favorite stories is that a, a couple years ago for record or for comic book day, local comic book day, um, free comic book day, um, we had more women in the store than we had men. Yep. 100%. There yep. were more women in that store buying comics, really interesting, cool comics, than we had men. And it was one of the proudest days of my life. <laughs> I mm -hmm. do not be deceived that, you know, it is just nerdy old white men. It's not. It There are, there are you know, there's diversity there is gender diversity. There is racial diversity. There is age diversity. Yeah. Every age, every race, every gender. It for the same reasons that I got into it, and the fact that you can see yourself in these comics, other people feel that too. Mm -hmm. And it is open to everyone. It's and magical. At any yeah. given time, I'll be in a comic book shop, and we'll have a group of people in the back that are looking at the horror comics, and it's you know. Maybe you'll have a handful of older white men, but then you'll also have a young trans woman looking at Squirrel Girl. And then you'll have, you know, a, a middle-aged black man buying Miles Morales comics. Like, it's it's so open and available, and the stores are not hostile and gatekeeper-y. It's not like that. Don't Don't be fed that. Because there are certain parts of comic culture that want you to believe that because they want you to stay away because they want it to be the way that it used to be. But it's not. Mm -hmm. Don't let them trick you into that. Yeah. Come to the store. Come get a book. Have a good time. Indeed. So that's going to do it for us. Um, I'd be remiss if having mentioned my comic book shop 
this many times. I didn't give it a quick plug. Uh, if you're ever <laughs> in Gainesville, Florida, stop by. You can actually probably find me uh, there a lot of the times. It's Mega Gaming and Comics. You can also check us out online. We do have an eBay presence as well. Uh, this will probably be the only time that I ever plug this on the podcast because I try to keep my work life and my personal projects separate. Um, <laughs> but considering I spent the entire time being like, I run a comic book store, figure it's worth mentioning. Uh, if you want more Cover B, uh, you can check us out online at CoverBpodcast.com. You can also find us on the Facebooks and the Twitter at Cover B Podcast. That's right. We've got past episodes on our website, um, and we are regularly posting news and information and fun articles on all of our social. And you can also, if you're interested and you're more on the video game side of things, you can come hang out with us six days a week on our Twitch channel we do with some of our friends, Tink Tink Games. So that's twitch.tv slash tink tink games like t-i-n-k you can come and find us and you'll regularly see chris or myself on there playing any number of different types of games it's good time and definitely a different medium to to flesh out your nerd world yep so thank you so much for listening uh the comic book drought should be ending in a couple of weeks i think diamond officially like put out the word that comics will hopefully be coming back may 20th um, so we'll have our regular scheduled program up and running uh, once those comics come back in. But in the meantime, everyone continue to be safe, uh, continue to be healthy. Wear your masks. We will catch you right back here for another episode of, of Cover, Cover B. B. Bye, have everybody. A good one.